This week's question then for you listeners is this. If you've got a presentation or a sales pitch coming up, how much do you practice? Is it answer A, loads? Is it answer B, a little bit? Or is it answer C, nothing at all? Well, I'm going to prove to you, hopefully, over the next 20 minutes, that if you practice your presentation or sales pitch, you will be more successful. And I'm going to show you how to do that as well. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 225 of the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. My name is Trevor Lee. I'm your host. Now, if you're new to the show, welcome. Welcome indeed. And don't forget, there are 224 other episodes, most of which contain some amazing guests who are going to share with you some fantastic tips and ideas to help you get better at presentations and grow your sales and all that sort of stuff. And don't forget also that you can download any of the episodes through your usual podcast app. And if you do that and you like it, then, well, please do leave a review and please share and, and please comment. And of course, if you need any presentation or sales help, then just go to my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk, and you'll find all sorts of things on there that I can help you with. From one-to-one coaching, 45-minute sessions only, through to a full training program of presentational sales skills for your team to re-energize and re-inspire them. And you'll also notice the way I do the training is very different to what you've been used to. There's no coming in for a full day with me. It's all over a series of shorter, sharper, more focused sessions. You can find all the details on the website. And what I would insist is that you have a 15 to 20 minute free Zoom call with me before you engage me. Because you need to know whether I'm the right person to work with you. I need to know whether you're the right team to, you know, that I want to work with. And of course, you can be clear about exactly what you want from the investment that you might make. Right, let's get on and let's talk about practice. So why have I decided to talk about practice on this podcast? Well, here in the UK, I'm recording this on Friday. I'm just checking the calendar now. Friday, July the 15th. It's going live on Monday, July the 18th. So by the time you listen to this, the British Golf Open will have finished. But I'm recording it during the Friday, day two of the actual event. And whenever I, you know, I like golf. I'm not, I, I play golf occasionally. Um, but the one thing that always strikes me about golf, it doesn't matter how good or bad you are, whether you're ranked number one in the world or number one million in the world, there's a very good chance that you will practice. And in fact, the more higher up the ranks you are, the nearer to number one you are, the chances are the more you practice. So, you know, I'm thinking, well, these guys are great golfers. Why do they spend so much time practicing? Now, if we look at that from a presentation and sales pitch point of view, well, think about it from, you know, if, if you don't practice, and most people don't practice their presentations. If they do practice, it's a token gesture. All right. I've met very few people who practice as much as though as they were a golfer. Now, the golfer, why does the golfer practice? Well, they think they, if they practice, they will be more successful. They've got more chance of winning. You know, why don't we practice our presentations and sales pitches? Because surely the same applies. If we do more practice, surely we're going to get a better chance of winning. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that why we're doing it in the first place? You know, far too many people, I think, when they're doing presentations or sales pitches, they kind of work on the on the on the average ratio thing. So, well, there'll be four people pitching for this, you know, four people delivering that presentation. So, you know, once every, you know, my, my average win should be one in four. Uh, you know, so great. So, well, if you're happy with that, well, fine. You know, there's probably no point in listening to the rest of this podcast. 
But if you really want to up your game and you want to increase that ratio to three out of four or even four out of four, because that's how a professional golfer would see it. They wouldn't settle for thinking, I'll play one good shot every four. They need to play a good shot every single shot. And you need to think about delivering a great presentation or a great pitch every single time. So that it is the winning one every single time. And the best way of doing that is to really work hard on your practice. So this is what this episode's all about. I'm going to share with you some ideas on how to practice, reasons for practicing, and also to remind you of some of the th- excuses that you probably make for not practicing. Towards the end, I'm also going to share a little bit of knowledge about how to practice as a team, if you've got a team picture, a team presentation. So let's have a think about it. What are the best reasons for practicing? Well, I've already mentioned, you know, about the golfing thing. You know, you've got more chance of delivering it better. But the other reason, you know, confidence. There's no doubt, I work with a lot of people um, who say to me, oh, Trevor, I'm just not confident about doing this presentation. So one of the things we work on, there are two things that help you overcome, become more confident. One is knowing that you've got all the information in the right place at the right time. That's the preparation. And the second thing is that you've practiced it, you feel comfortable with it. So that will increase your confidence. So confidence is a great reason for practicing. Second great reason is getting the timing right. Because there's nothing worse, is there, if you've been allocated five minutes for a presentation and you take 15. And you may laugh, but people do that. You know, they've got no idea. And then it disrupts everything else. And it annoys your audience as well. So, you know, one of the great things about a presentation is running on time. If you've been given 10 minutes, that is what you've got. Not 15 or 20. Otherwise, you'd have been given 15 or 20. Another good reason for practicing is the flow of your presentation. And I'll talk about this in more detail when I explain how I go through a practice session and how I practice my presentations. So the flow is really, really important to your presentation. It needs to just, it doesn't want to be one slide, stop, one slide, stop, one slide, stop. It needs to just continually flow. Feels like you're telling that story and, you know, by the time you get to the end of the 20-minute presentation, people just think it flew by because it flows. Another good reason for practicing is to ensure you stick to your purpose. Now, if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know that I talk about the seven P's of presenting. Number one being your purpose. Why are you presenting in the first place? What do you hope to achieve? And it's really important. And that will come out when you're practicing. Because I say to people, keep going back to the purpose. Because during practice, you will find, as I'll say in a minute, you'll find that you've got things in there you don't really need. So sticking to your purpose is a good one. And then the team practice. You know, delivering a presentation or a sales pitch as a team is difficult. It's very rare that it looks really joined up and flowing. So practicing as a team is really important. Most people just don't bother to do that at all. And you can tell. You can easily tell. So so let's talk about how to practice. Oh, in fact, no, I tell you what. No, let's not do that. Let's talk about why we don't practice. Okay, so what are your excuses? Why don't you practice? Well, these are the ones that I hear quite a bit. Oh, Trevor, I've just not got enough time. Okay, so what is this presentation? What are you hoping to achieve? Well, if we win this present, if we do well in this presentation, we could win this big client. Or if we, you know, deliver in this sales pitch really well, we could win a new order. All right, so you haven't got time for that then. So you haven't got time to win that really big deal. You, In other words, it's not worth an extra hour or two hours of your time. You might, you know, you just forget it. Oh, yeah, but I'm too busy doing other stuff. <sighs> Come on, guys. If, it's, if you're going to do a presentation... Do not say you haven't got enough time for practice. That's a very, very poor excuse. Right, number two excuse. Oh, I don't like role-playing, Trevor. You know, oh, terrible. Oh, it feels so false. Well, I'm going to show you it's not about role-playing. 
Practice is not role-playing, okay? If you think that practice is role-playing, then you are deluded. Well, you're not deluded. That's the wrong word. You're missing the point. You're missing the point. This isn't an old-fashioned training session where we do role-playing and we video it and all that stuff. This is to get your practice done so you feel, feel confident that everything works. And then, of course, there are people who say, well, Trevor, I've been presenting for years and years. I don't need, I can, I'm, I'm really good at this. You know, I just turn up and you give me the slides and I'm away. Well, you know, very often, and usually these people are high up in organizations, by the way, as well, often the CEO and things like that. And, well, the difficulty is that they are actually not very good at presenting. They think they're good at presenting purely because they say, well, I've been doing presentations for 20 years. But, you know, it's a bit like playing golf. You could be playing golf for 20 years. That doesn't make you a great golfer. You could still be just as bad as you were at 20 years ago when you first started. And often that's how it is with presentations with people who've got longevity. So don't make an excuse not to practice. So, right, let's talk about how to practice then. So let me give you an example of how I practice my sessions. Now, I might be, you know, I've got I've got several things that I do with people I uh, deliver one-to-one programs, but if I'm if I'm delivering a, a program to a group of people, that's when I usually practice most. So, for example, recently, uh, well, if I, earlier this week, I did a, a session. I think it was sixty minutes, including questions, so about forty-five minutes for the delivery, and it was all about how to make the most of a trade show investment. So, people who are going to trade shows, how you know, from a sales, from an interaction point of view, how to make the most of it. So, I, you know. I, I put this together, this presentation. I've been engaged to do this a few weeks ago, so I had plenty of time to put it together. Um, But this is how I sort of ran through it. And this is how I run through all of my presentations, by the way. So I'm looking for three run-throughs, okay? And and by the way, the the first run-through is my first draft, effectively. And leading up to my first draft, I'm, I'm trying to avoid just getting out the old, you know, once something I did before and regurgitating it and all that. I don't do that. I listen to what the client wants. I then think about it. And then my first pre-run through, if you like, could be while I'm out for a run or something like that. I've got it in my head what I'm going to do. And I'm just jog. I'll talk my way through the presentation. And if I think of something really interesting, I'll get my phone out or a little notepad and I'll make a note. And I get some really great ideas for content for the work, you know, the presentations that I do while I'm out for a run. Just talking my way through it. So that's that's the kind of practice session minus one, if you like. So my first key practice session, I don't time it, I don't record it, I certainly don't stand in front of a mirror and do it. Now those last two, you know, some people will say to you, well, you know, the best way to practice your presentation is to stand in front of a mirror. Well, I I just think that's a load of nonsense, frankly. I mean, what is that all about? Can you honestly see yourself standing in front of a mirror for 45 minutes or whatever, or half an hour, or 30 minutes, even 20 minutes? I mean, what is that all about? I mean, that's just... I disagree with that completely. I never, ever advise my clients to do that, nor do I advise them to record it, either audio or video or both. And the reason I don't do that is because they will look at it and they go, oh, I hate seeing myself. And I do, you know, (laughs) I very rarely listen to these podcasts when I'm, you know, with my voice on them. Sometimes I have to do a bit of editing for them and then I'm forced to listen to it. But generally speaking, I don't, I don't listen to it. So don't do that. Don't record it because all you'll do is you, if you record it and you, or you video it even, well, record video, you know, all you'll do is you'll spend time going, oh, that's not very good. That's not very good. I need to do that better. And you'll just be so picky and you'll talk yourself out of doing the presentation eventually. So back to number one. So don't time it. OK, so this is what I do. I walk through it and I literally mean walk through it. 
So I've got it on my Mac in my office. I've got my clicker, my Bluetooth clicker lined up. I load that, you know, I put the presentation because I've put it together. You know, this is I've got I've got the presentation together, the first draft, if you like. And then all I do is I walk through it and I walk through it at presentation pace to a degree. Yeah, I tr I I talk my way through it as though I'm delivering it. OK, and then I stop frequently to make notes. Because usually that means I might have missed something, you know, something, something you know, there's obviously I've missed a slide that I need or a message that I need to put on a slide or I've got a slide that really doesn't fit. So let's get rid of it. Or I've got slides in the wrong place. Now, it will take me a quite a long time to walk through, let's say, a 30 minute presentation that first time around. And you need to budget that time as well. So that's why I don't time it, because it might be an hour, maybe an hour and 20 minutes by the time I've walked through it and I've made all the notes and I'm also checking the flow at this stage as well. Does it flow? And that's why I changed the order of things as well. So then I'll stop that session. I'll have been through all the things. I'll go back and I'll sit down and I'll spend a bit of time getting it all in the right order, changing it around, you know, and doing all that stuff. Taking stuff out that I've made a note of, putting stuff in that I've forgotten. So by the time I get to practice run through number two, then hopefully I'm I'm feeling good about the presentation. I've got it, all the changes made that I spotted in that first run through. I've tweaked the flow. I've got it all. So this time I am going to time it. Okay, so I'm going to time it because I'm going to go through it at presentation pace. Now, what I mean by presentation pace is that means that you've got to try and think about the pace you're going to deliver this at. It's a bit like if I'm practicing to run a marathon, okay? When I'm training for the marathon, I'll be running at a very easy pace. Very, very easy. Slower than marathon pace. But there will be times when I want to do a training run at marathon pace. Not the whole thing, obviously, but maybe five miles in a training run at marathon pace. Just to get used to running at that pace, I want to try and achieve for the whole 26 miles. And that's what you need to do in, in, in rehearsal number two. You need to go at presentation pace. So make sure, but that includes the pauses when they happen. It includes using your voice as well. Practice using your voice. Don't just walk it through in the same voice because it won't be real. So put the passion and emotion into your presentation that you will do on the day. Now, don't forget, of course, you are going to come across, as I do in most of my presentations on Run Through 2, there's still something that's not quite right. There's still something that I haven't got in the right order or I've missed something. Or again, I've got stuff in there. I'm thinking, really, do I really need that? Or more importantly, does the audience really need that? So I chuck it out. So I make notes. So I, I stop. I don't actually stop the clock, or you can do, of course, but I make an assumption at the end that, you know, how many how many minutes I've stopped for. So if it's a 30-minute presentation, I might have stopped for three or four minutes in there as well. And the other thing I'm trying to do at this point is I'm trying to deliver it in around about 80 to 85% of the allocated time. So if this is a 30-minute presentation, then in run-through number two, I want to be close to about, what, 26 minutes or so while the time I've stopped the clock and, and taken, you know, taken off the time for the stops. Because that's important. Because one of the most important things in practice is not to deliver in practice every single minute at the time. So if you've got a 30-minute presentation, we don't want you delivering it in practice in 30 minutes because you will overrun on the day, guaranteed. Because there'll be little things that you don't mean to say that you do say. <laughs> okay? There'll be points that you find yourself elaborating on which you didn't do in practice. There might be times that you're going a little bit slower on the day than you did in practice. And that all adds on. So if you're bang on 30 minutes in practice, your 30-minute presentation on the day is going to be 33 or 34. 
So don't risk that. Make sure you get it in 80 to 85% of that time. And that ratio applies no matter whether it's a 10-minute presentation or a one-hour presentation, whatever it happens to be. So you've done run number two, and it should now feel as though it's really flowing. So then you go back, and if you make any you know make any tweaks and all that sort of stuff, and you you know you just add the bit in that you missed out, you get the you know. So you're now really pretty much done, I think. And that's when you do run through number three, and this to me is a timed run through from start to finish, no stopping. If you do think something's in the wrong place, just remember it and you'll alter it later. But don't stop and make notes. Just go through the whole thing at presentation pace all the way through, using your voice all the way through in the way you would. And ideally, if you're going to stand up and deliver this presentation, then as I as I do, then I always stand up when I'm practicing my presentations. I'm walking around the room in my office. I've got the clicker in my hand. I can watch, see the screen with the slides on and all that sort of stuff. So that's what you need to do in number three. Because what I am saying is really three run-throughs should be enough. Now, if you're thinking, oh, yeah, but number three didn't really work, then okay, you might want a fourth one. But don't do any more than that. What you don't want to do is peak with your presentation before you deliver it live. And if you do, if you practice it seven or eight times, then you're going to get weary of it. And you'll get fed up of presenting it. And by the time you present it for real, you'll be, you'll, you, know, you will be, really be fed up of it. And that may then affect the way you come across so three presentation number three and make sure number three is probably what the day before now if you want to practice anything on the actual day of the presentation then just practice the beginning that's all the first 30 seconds and because that will help your confidence as well because once you've got those first 30 seconds out of the way you're in the flow you know what's coming next and you are away now a couple of things just to remind you not to do when you're practicing number one is don't try and be word perfect Okay, some people I've worked with say, oh, no, I've got to know every word I'm going to say. No, no, you haven't. Okay, this is you. This is you delivering the presentation, the real you. It's not someone. And that's why I don't use a script. Crikey, please don't use a script when you're presenting or having a sales pitch because it won't be you. And people think, well, you know, you're just there to read the script. It's a bit like people who just read the slides, for goodness sake. Don't do that either. Please don't do that. Okay, so don't use a script. Don't aim to be word perfect. Do, though have some little notes. You know, I use little uh, cards, postcard size cards, and I just have a few notes on there just in case I need a prompt. Okay, now I wouldn't normally do that. Well, if I was doing that virtually, what I do virtually when I'm delivering is that I've got my screen open with the slides on it, or the, the main screen has got the first slide on it. My second screen's got slide number two. In front of me, I've got my iPad with the same presentation where I can see maybe the first 30 slides. So I don't need the notes. Now, if I'm presenting in person, I will always take some postcard notes with me and just have a one word per slide almost, just so I know what's coming up next. And I don't have to do that swing around and look at the look at the screen every time I press the clicker. Okay, because that just doesn't feel good, does it? And if you can, of course, practice in the real environment that you're going to be delivering, all the better. So if you've got a presentation coming up in your boardroom, then go and practice in your boardroom. Okay, now if you're presenting in somebody else's boardroom or an event, then that clearly that may not or is unlikely to be possible. So there we go. Now I did say, I had a couple of things in here, and here's two extra bits of practice thing for you. Two bonus bits of practice. Number one is the Q&A. So a lot of people go into a Q&A without even having considered what questions they might be getting, might be asked. So think about that. What questions are you going to be asked in the Q&A? And practice those answers. Because the last thing you want is to be fumbling around the answers on a Q&A. Now, if you don't know the answer to a Q&A, then you've got to say, I don't know. 
Because if you fumble around, it doesn't look good. They clearly know you're making it up and you don't know the answer. So tell them you don't know the answer. It's a great reason for reconnecting with someone soon after the presentation. So sort out the Q&A, think about that, practice maybe answering the questions. And the other thing is the team practice. Now, practicing as a team is hard work because people don't turn up to the practice. If you've got a senior person, they feel they don't need to be in on the practice, for goodness sake. It can be a real nightmare. So if you're having a team presentation, then good luck with that. But the more you can practice it, the better. And what I would suggest is follow what I call the brass band practice approach. Now, my daughter played in brass bands. She still does. But, you know, when she was growing up and I used to go along, you know, take her and sit there and listen to the practice and all that. Very, very rarely did they practice the whole thing, you know, the whole piece that they were practicing. They would do it in little sections and get the sections right. And that's, I think, how you should approach a team presentation. Get the sections right, but particularly practice the handovers as well. Because most people, when they're doing a team presentation, particularly virtually, it's oh, just so clunky, isn't it, when you hand over. I'm going to hand over to Frank now. Now, where are you ready, Frank? Where are you, Frank? You know, oh, God, you know, it's so unprofessional. So come on, let's sort that out. So there we go. So I hope I've convinced you that, you know, practice will be better. It will make you better for your presentation. And if you deliver a better presentation, you'll feel more confident about it. If you feel more confident about it, chances are you'll be more successful. And that's what we want, isn't it? So remember, we're not going for one out of four. Come on, let's go for four out of four. Three out of four minimum. And let's use practice to help us do that. Okay, so thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, do share it. Please leave a review somewhere. That would be marvellous. And don't forget, I've still got one or two copies of my t- of my book, which is called 12 Business Business Lessons Even from Running an Ultra Marathon. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you'd like me to send you a copy of that book, then just yeah, send, you know, do a review, take a screenshot of the review, send me it uh, to podcast trevorleemedia.co.uk and include your name and address, of course, because I'll mail the book to you and I'll sign the thing as well, that sort of stuff. So that's great. And if you need any help with your presentations, then do get in touch. You know, go to my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. Book yourself a 15-minute Zoom call with me. Tell me what your presentation issue is. We'll find a solution for it, and then we can decide whether you need my hired help or whether, you know, I can give you in 15 minutes, I can sort it out for you. So there we go. Thanks for listening. See you next time.